Let's look to the Lord with a word of prayer. We'll get started. Father, we just thank you for your loving kindness and your presence this morning. We thank you for how you indeed strengthen us and help us along. Even in spite of what is going on outside in the world today, Lord, you enable us to do great things before you. But Lord, may we be mindful that we have a responsibility too as members within the body of Christ. Our responsibility is to mature in our faith with you. And Lord, as we look at another way to do this, we are reminded that you indeed encourage us with this, that we need to stay focused on you and you alone. Not worry about the things going on on the outside, but Lord, focusing on those things that will help us to be closer to you and growing in you. We give you thanks and we give you praise in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Well, first of all, uh, I am thankful and overjoyed to report that my father had successful surgery to remove the remains of a small tumor in his stomach and that he is indeed eating and drinking without any issues. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. And I want to report that back because I know we've discussed this previously. Um, Dad had mentioned before leaving the hospital that the food for breakfast was very good, but there was no bacon. (laughs) Yeah, bacon makes everything go down easier, amen? (laughs) I told him once he leaves the hospital that would be worthwhile for him to go to First Watch, um, it's a restaurant, and get some bacon there. Uh, Because whatever the hospital might have been putting out as bacon would pale in comparison to something on the outside, so... Bottom line is that he is doing much better now, and we are moving forward with the knowledge that 17 months of continuous prayer for the same thing worked. 17 months of continuous prayer with prayers answered. To God be the glory and the praise. Amen? Amen. Now I'm sharing this not because my efforts in prayer for my father were anything special. They were just regular, ordinary prayers. Simple, ordinary prayer requests over what I would consider to be a long period of time. Well, 17 months is a long period of time. Especially in our world, right? But God has a way to take what is ordinary and answer in an extraordinary way. He takes what is ordinary and turns it into extraordinary. And this is how we are to always see him and the results of our prayers. God is extraordinary. He does incredible, amazing things. And we should all see him that way. In order to see his extraordinary ways, we must build upon the fundamentals within our relationship with Jesus Christ. And that begins with fervent prayer. Fervent prayer. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 17, depending upon the version you look at, provides a very easy memory verse for each one of us on how to pray. Pray without ceasing. Pray continually. It's there for a reason. Continuous prayer is something that all of us need to practice. Amen? All of us need to practice continuous prayer. In other words, don't stop praying. Your life as a believer in Jesus must be full, a life full of prayers and petitions to God. A lifetime of prayers and petitions. Prayers and petitions. Now I mentioned this very quickly, sidebar. You have to understand something about your maturity in Christ. If you are an individual who doesn't pray, you're not maturing. 
or if you only pray occasionally, you're not going to mature. It has to be continual prayer. It has to be a regular focus in your life. Our prayers must be prayers with focus. Not just random statements. And not just every now and then statements before God. That's the way for you to talk to God. Turn your Bibles electronic devices to Philippians 4. Let's get into the meat of this here. Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. It's a very familiar verse. A verse you've seen before. A verse that you'll see again and again. But it's a great reminder for us to remember that God gives us information to help us to deal with situations and circumstances in our life. Including COVID, including all those things. But understand something. If you are relying upon your own reasoning and understanding, you're going to get buried. It's going to bury you. Philippians 4, verses 6 and 7 says, Do not be anxious, is the NIV version. Do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. I mean, you can't say amen enough to that. God is giving you a remedy for your anxiety. Paul shares this in his book, in the writing in the Philippians. Prayers and petitions are remedies for anxiety. How appropriate is that message for today? Amen? God provides answers. And we are thankful to experience the relieving presence of Jesus as even as we wait on him. Even as we're waiting for an answer from him, he still gives us peace. Now we all know what prayer is. Amen? We know what it is. I'm going to give you for the just for the sake of this message a Christian-based definition of prayer. Prayer is an act of communion with God. An act of communion with God. Communion. Fellowship. Time spent. It can include elements of worship, devotion, confession, praise, and thanksgiving. Jesus provides a reminder in Scripture as to the fundamentals of how we are to pray. Because there is a fundamental way we must pray. Please go to Matthew chapter 6. Let's look at verses 9 through 13. Matthew 6, verses 9 through 13. Now I've looked at this in the past many times. But I'm looking at this as a fundamental way. If you have a question about how to pray, you start here. And I'll explain why. You start here with what Jesus is giving instruction on. Matthew 6, verses 9 to 13. This is also the NIV version. Starting in verse 9. This then is how you should pray. How about that? Jesus' own words. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Now, these are merely the fundamentals of how we pray, how to pray. When we do pray, there should be some form of structure. Structure. Less rambling, 
greater focus. Now, this is how a new believer or perhaps a person who is new to prayer should practice the act of prayer. What is the most important element of these fundamentals? It's a foundation of reverence and respect for God in the examples that Jesus is giving to us. The foundational part of our prayer is reverence. Respect for who you're praying to. And sometimes we don't have the fundamentals in our prayer. Reverence. Respecting your creator. Respecting who made you. Respecting him because of your very existence. Reverence is very, very important. That's a fundamental part of prayer. Paul reminds us in Ephesians 6.18 to pray at all times in the Spirit. At all times in the Spirit. When we do this, we should always remember that even when we are unsure about what to pray about, Jesus and the Holy Spirit provides intercession for us. Intercession. Take a look at Romans 8. Please go to Romans 8. Verses 26 and 27. And then we're going to also look at verse 34. Romans 8, 26 and 27 first. And I appreciate this too because there are times when we may be going through something very bewildering. We don't really have anything more than just what we can see. And God has to help us through those moments. And sometimes he has to help us with how we formulate our prayer. But look at what it says in verse 26. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought. Because sometimes we just don't know. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts know what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. I'm very thankful for the presence of the Holy Spirit. There are times when the Spirit makes things very clear. And there are times when, even if he doesn't make it clear at that moment, he still knows your hearts. He knows how you feel about the Lord. He knows how to intercede on our behalf. Interestingly, this is the ver- these are the verses right before Romans 8.28. All things working together for good. Now let me tell you something though. People don't understand that verse very well. As you mature in your faith, you'll understand it more. Because we sometimes equate good with everything happy and rosy. But that's not necessarily what it represents. A mature believer gets it. Because of their own experiences in prayer. Now drop down to verse 34. Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised. Who is at the right hand of God. Who is indeed, who indeed is interceding for us. We're praying to Jesus. We're praying to God. But Jesus is the one who intercedes. That's why we always say, in Jesus' name. Amen. As he knows our innermost thoughts, he will take our prayers and petitions and make sense out of them before God. Don't we need sometimes God to make sense out of what we're dealing with? Amen. That should be an amen for everybody in this room because everybody doesn't have it all together to make sense out of stuff. The last couple years, what have we been going through? Have you been able to make sense out of it? No. But has God been gracious and comforting 
and given you peace in the midst of, in many ways, utter chaos. By the way, Jesus is not impressed with long prayers. Long prayers in your efforts to show yourself as important. Before Jesus gave us that fundamental prayer that we read read earlier, go back to Matthew 6. Let's look at verses 5 through 8. Now, I wish I could say I've never seen this before, but I have seen it before. And I won't say that I've seen it here because I can't really account for that. But, and there's nobody in this room, present company excluded, amen? So let's say that. But you know exactly what this is I'm going to be reading. Matthew 6, verse 5. This is from the ESV version. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites. For they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners that they may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret and your father who sees in secret will reward you. Verse 7. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. And I appreciate the affirmation. This message has been in my head for about a month. Because of the importance of our praying today, more than ever. Not focusing on external distractions, but focusing on Jesus Christ. And people who think they know something and want to try to show you how much they know by rambling on and on, they have their reward already. But God's not listening. Prayer is to be taken very, very seriously. Very seriously. It's not a tool to get attention. It's not a ploy that because you're praying more that you deserve more attention as an individual. Be careful what you ask for. Amen? Be careful what you ask for. As I read a passage this morning, I don't remember exactly where it was, but it was something to the effect that If you pray, matters in vain. If you take the word out of context, God's going to call you on it. And he'll embarrass you. I'm not up for any embarrassment, amen? I want to bring it the way it comes, directly from the word. As you mature in your relationship with Jesus, your reverence, your respect, and honor for God should grow with it. Now, I also mentioned petitions to God. Petitions are essentially specific requests that you make before the Lord. I could probably do a message about petitions alone, because there's a lot involved there. But this is the element of one's faith that is much like using silly putty. Everybody remember silly putty? When you were a child, it does still exist, by the way. It's one of those things that's still around. Silly putty. Silly putty has stretching capabilities when it is at room temperature, and it can be formed into an infinite number of shapes. You can take silly putty and make all kinds of stuff with it before you break it. If anything, you break it because it gets more brittle and gets worn out over time. But you can stretch silly putty all kinds of different ways. Our faith may start us out in one place, but when we begin to pray With specificity, our faith will indeed be stretched and it will even be challenged, but in a very good and very healthy way. Sometimes the only thing that we've, we fear things because we don't want to try them because of what the results might be. Well, what is faith? 
Faith means you sometimes have to move forward and try it. The prayers for my father over 17 months were very specific and God showed me beyond all doubt that he responds and answers prayer in extraordinary ways. Turn to Jeremiah 33. Jeremiah 33. Let's look at verse 3. Jeremiah 33, 3. When God writes something in Scripture for you, where there's a little nugget here, a little nugget there, He's giving you something that's really going to help you as you move forward and continue to mature in your faith. Jeremiah 33, 3. Call to me, and I will answer you, and will tell you great and hidden things that you have not known. That's what prayer can do. It reveals things that you don't even have any idea about. But they go far beyond your way of reasoning or understanding. But you've got to call on, what does it say? Call to me. Call on it. Your prayers and petitions over time should reflect a maturity in Jesus Christ. Maturity is not tied to your age. Amen? I mean, we may be mature people, but maturity in Christ is not tied to your age. Which means that the youngest in this room, if they have any kind of prayer life, can mature in their own faith as well too. Maturity is tied to your consistent focus on Jesus and your consistent prayers. Praying continually. Praying with specificity. Praying with focus on Jesus Christ. Are you worried about anything? Is anything bothering you? You know what to do. You know what to do. You pray. Each one of us can pray with consistency and see the results of what God can do and what he ultimately will do. John 15 verse 7 says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. That's a prayer. That's a verse of faith. He hears all prayers. He listens to you. He wants you to tell him how you are feeling. Amen? He wants you to speak your mind. When I tell you that he can take it, he can take it. Believe me. Dish it out. He can take it. Tell him how you're feeling. Sometimes we feel like, we, even though we are praying with reverence, and we understand what reverence is, you know who you're praying to, but sometimes do we hold back? For fear of something happening? Don't you think Jesus knows already what your heart is? What are you holding back from? You tell him how you feel. Sometimes it's a matter of you getting it out of your own system. You're frustrated. You need a sounding board. Let Jesus be your sounding board. And you're not doing it out in public. On a street corner. Is usually in a quiet place in your house. And the place may or may not be quiet. You find a quiet place. It's not for public broadcasts. Amen? But there's a way to do these things. It's very important for all believers to, in Jesus to remain focused on Jesus. Focused on Jesus. It's only when we remain focused on Jesus where we will continue to grow and mature in our faith. Your prayers, as you stay in God's word each day, listen very carefully, please, will get better with content. The more you pray, the more efficient your prayers will be. They'll get better with content. Now, if you're just starting out, of course, you're just praying because you hear somebody else pray and you want to sound like that person, whatever it is, that's fine. But listen, as you do it more, and as God speaks to you, 
you'll get more efficient with your prayers. Better with content. They'll become less general. They'll become more refined. As you trust in Jesus, he will help you with your focus on prayer. And in turn, growing and maturing in your relationship. There's a corollary here. The more that you pray, the more you're going to mature in Christ. That's a given. That's a promise. The more you pray, the more you're going to mature in Christ. We must be mindful that we are staying in prayer. And not just random prayers every now and then. That's not going to do it. I'm telling you right now, it's not going to do it. Let's discuss this focus on prayer as we mature in Jesus. Here are five areas of focus. This is where you start writing down. Five areas of focus for us to know as we pray. Number one, faith. Ha! How obvious. Faith has to be the primary focus here. It's the foundation of everything we believe about Jesus. It's a prerequisite within your life as a believer. In order for you to have a relationship with Jesus, what did you have to do? You had to have faith. Faith that He's your Lord and Savior. Faith that He is the God to pay attention to. Faith must be the foundation of everything we do. Go to Hebrews 11.6, please. Hebrews 11.6. Why is faith... So important. Hebrews 11.6 tells us in very plain words why it's necessary and it's important. Hebrews 11.6 And without faith it is Impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. You cannot please God with a life void of faith. That's why there is this line of demarcation between a believer and an unbeliever. But your life as a believer must be shrouded with faith. 2 Timothy 2.15 says, Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. Where does your faith come? Your daily study, your daily reading and prayer. Meditating on what you've read. you got to be in the word to know the word. You have to be in the word to allow God to speak to you. Through the word. You've got to be in the word. To understand. The principles of faith. Mark 11.24. You can can just jot down the verse. I'm going to keep moving here for the sake of time. Therefore I tell you. Whatever you ask in prayer. Believe that you have received it. And it will be yours. Do you believe. That if you're praying according to God's will. And I have. I'm not going to spend time diverting off on how people pray for things that are absolutely ridiculous. And it's not going to happen in their life. Because it may not be part of God's will. But if you're praying according to His will, you have received it. It's yours. He has no reason to deny you if it's in His will. Now, in order for us to have faith, we've got to learn this stuff. Stay in the Word. And learn about what God's will is for your life. Even if you're not sure. Sometimes there are many paths that you can take. To get to an end result. It may not be one path. It may be several. And sometimes it's a matter of just having faith and trusting God with the decision you make. God is all powerful. He'll get you where you want to be. Regardless of the path, if you trust in Him. I'm going to have you turn to 1 John 5, verses 14 and 15. 1 John 5, verses 14 and 15. 
When we pray as believers, we need to pray with a certain level of confidence. Confidence because we have, he has matured us, he has shown us things over time, he's given us what we need to be able to function within the body of Christ. And understand something. Not everybody who was a believer came through this whole pandemic thing very well. We get that, and we understand that. We see that. Well, we don't understand it, but we do see it. But look at you. But for the grace of God, amen? Amen. And this is the confidence we have toward him. This is 1 John 5, verse 14. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Verse 15, and if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the request that we have asked of him. Now that's not double speak. That's telling you flat out, you're praying in confidence because if you're in his will, he's going to hear you. And he's going to respond to you. And thankfully, we have several verses in Scripture that tell us this. Faith is required as you build your confidence in the power of God and what He can do in response to your prayers. This consistent approach is necessary for the sanctifying power of the Holy Spirit to have its greatest impact in your maturity as a believer. The Holy Spirit, the sanctifying power of the Spirit, is what matures you, He's teaching you. You have to be an active participant in your faith journey with Jesus. The next thing to consider here is openness. Openness. A prayerful believer must be open to what God will do in the midst of prayer and be receptive to the results, whatever they may be. Now that's a tough thing sometimes. But if you are a mature believer, you recognize that God is going to answer the prayer. It may not be the way you want it to be answered. But this is part of how God stretches your faith just like silly putty. Silly putty. But what we have to understand and remember, as it says in his word, Luke one thirty-seven, for nothing will be impossible with God. Turn to Romans 12, 12. Now when I say that he's not going to answer the prayer the way we want, there's two sides of that. One side is that it may be totally, it may be in his will to do something different than what you thought. The other side of that is that he can do even better than what you thought. And that's what we need to understand here. Because we see things in a finite way. That's why I read that verse, for nothing is impossible with God. What we think is impossible, there's no limits to what God can do. Amen? Y'all got all quiet when I got to this openness thing, didn't you? Listen, it may take 17 months of prayer. It may take 34 months of prayer. It may take 51 months of prayer. It may take 68. I notice I did multiples of 17 there. You keep praying. You don't know what God is doing. But you have to keep praying. Romans 12, 12. Rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer. You see that? Rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation. Tribulation is what? There's suffering, there's suffering. There's a struggle going on. But be constant in prayer. In other words, just because times get tough, don't stop praying. Oh, this ain't going my way. I'm not going to pray anymore. Well, I'm just going to hurt myself. Because I stopped praying. See how logical or illogical that is? You keep praying anyway. Sometimes faith requires us to take risks. 
take risks. Sometimes life as a believer involves risk-taking. It's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. When we take risks, that means we are really stretching our faith. We are growing, we're maturing in our faith. That's what risk-taking is. A life as a believer should not be blasé, blasé. Oh, another day in the Lord, okay. Well, sometimes you have to step it up a little bit and pray for things that you don't don't know what the result's going to be and yet God's going to surprise you. We have to be open to a myriad of possibilities as we pray to God. It's a risk worth taking. It's worth taking that risk because we need to see the ultimate power of God as he answers prayer. How do you see the ultimate power of God? You've got to pray for something you think the outcome may not happen the way you want to, but until you wait until the end and see the end result of it, you'll know the power of God prevails over everything. But sometimes you just have to keep praying for that end result. I can say without a shadow of a doubt that continuous, specific prayer reveals the power of God in short term and in long term. How else are you going to mature in your faith? You've got to see the power of God in your life. A lot of people have different views of who God is. Some of them are not all that healthy. Mature believers see God with a healthier view because of being ingrained in the word and praying regularly and praying with specificity. Until the moment comes when he answers those prayers, be patient, but never stop praying. Genesis 18, 14 says, Is anything too hard for the Lord? At the appointed time, I will return to you about this time next year, and Sarah shall have a son. Now, logically, we ain't seen no women around at 99 years old having babies. But just because you haven't seen it doesn't mean it didn't happen. Amen? That's a matter of faith, isn't it? We often pray based upon our own reasoning. Our own reasoning. Jesus challenges each one of us to go beyond our reasoning. He reminded his disciples that with God, everything is possible. Another word to look at is consistency. Consistency. Consistency in prayer. Now, a prayerful believer is a believer who is steady and consistent in communication with God. It starts with reading his word on a daily basis and by remaining in prayer as often as possible. Joshua 1.8. Go to Joshua 1.8. Joshua 1 verse 8. Now the prerequisite too for this maturing prayer, you got to know what the word is. You have to know what the Bible says. God's going to give you the ability to recount verses in your mind over time. You may not know exactly where you've seen them, but you know you've seen them because the Spirit is going to bring them to mind. But how does the Spirit bring anything to mind if you don't know the Word? Amen? Now, we have a bunch of mature believers in this room right now who know exactly what I'm talking about. In Joshua 1.8 it says, study, this is the New Living Translation, study this book of instruction continually. What book? The Bible. Meditate on it day and night so that you'll be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. Oh, there's an if-then statement. You're not going to prosper in the Lord if you don't know his word. Galatians 6, 9 says, let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap, if we do not give up. 
Believers have to stay the course when it comes to prayer. You can't give up. You have to stay with it. A continuous practice from the moment when you wake up to the moment when you go to bed. And it starts all over again the next day. The next word in focus is understanding. Understanding. God is continually teaching within the prayer process with his provision of wisdom and knowledge through the power, the sanctifying power of the Holy Spirit. Understanding. Proverbs 9.10 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Amen? The fear of the Lord, reverence, reverence and respect. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. Turn to me to Psalm 119, 130. Psalm 119, verse 130. Psalm 119, verse 130. Notice what your regular reading and study does as you go through it. And I mean, look guys, I mean not just once in a, once a week. After this message, you'll be reading for a week and then you'll stop. No. Then we get reminders of how to pray, pray often, pray continually. We'll start praying a little bit and then we'll stop. No. You can't stop. Well, let me correct that. You can stop. I wouldn't advise it. It's not recommended. Psalm 119 verse 130 says, The unfolding of your words gives light. It imparts understanding to the simple. Now, understanding to the simple means the most basic individual. You don't have to be a scholar to understand God's word. You know why? The Holy Spirit teaches you. Amen? You don't have to be a world scholar. You don't even have to be a high school graduate, although you really need to know how to read, amen? That is helpful here. But the Holy Spirit can give you what you need if you just get in His Word. We often equate wisdom and knowledge with life experiences and college degrees. Neither of these achievements compares to godly wisdom. Neither of them do. God wants people who love him and experience his peace through consistent fellowship with him. doesn't matter where you come from or what your background is. doesn't matter what language you studied when you were younger. God can reach you and give you what you need. James 3.17. Take a look at that. James 3.17. Verse 17, James chapter 3. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. God is teaching you all through the process of your reading and studying his word, and he's teaching you in your prayers. He's teaching you within your prayers. And the last word is steadfastness. Steadfastness. Jesus bolsters you up in your prayers to remain firm and steadfast. To be steadfast is merely doing what? Standing firm. Standing firm. You stand firm in your faith, amen? Pardon me. You stand firm in your faith and you stand firm with your prayers as well. Keeping your eyes on Jesus requires an immovable and unchanging attitude. An immovable and unchanging attitude. You can't be all over the place. You can't be emotional wreck. 
stay focused. You're going to have moments where you're feeling like this, but God should be doing this to you as you pray. Amen. It doesn't say that you can't have any emotions. You certainly can have emotions. But sometimes you have to understand something. we got to cut through some of those emotions. And let God speak to you and mature you in your faith. He will do this. Go to James chapter 1. Let's look at verse 4 and we're also going to drop down and look at verse 12. James chapter 1 verse 4. And here's why you have to remain steadfast. You've got to stay in a place where you just stand firm where you are. Stay focused. Not get distracted. It says in verse 4 of James 1, And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Your perfection comes in your relationship with Jesus Christ. And you don't lack anything. Drop down to verse 12. Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial, for when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. Because he loves us already. It's a matter of us loving him. He already loves us. He knows who you are. It's up to us to meet him where he is. Steadfastness is important because it emulates the unchanging character of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Hebrews 13.8 says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is an unchanging God. Thank goodness for that. Amen. He's not a flighty God. He is unchanging. We can be flighty as all whatever. Amen. Amen. Y'all don't want to say amen to that. Amen. We ain't flighty. Yeah, we are. Amen. We need to be more like our unchanging God. We need to stay steadfast, stay firm in the faith. He remains our great I am as we seek after him for answers and guidance with our prayers and petitions. Your focus in your prayers and petitions requires the following. Faith, openness, consistency, understanding, and steadfastness. Trust Jesus in your prayers every step of the way. I hope from this message that you pray now with a little bit more of a difference maybe than where you prayed before. That you're really marking things down, maybe even journaling some things, whatever it is that helps you to remain focused and steadfast in your efforts. As we look to Jesus in prayer, may we always present ourselves as acceptable to him. That's important. May we always be acceptable to our Lord. We must be mindful of being an obedient servant for him. Uh, We'll finish up Romans 12, verses 1 and 2. Go to Romans 12, verses 1 and 2. You have to understand something. In order for you to have effective prayer, you've got to be acceptable to the Lord. You can't be living any all kind of ways and trying to pray and expecting God to answer your prayers if you're not being obedient to his word. Amen? That's a fundamental principle right there. We have people who pray for stuff all the time. They have no kind of relationship with the Lord. How do you expect an answer? Those are the same prayers as those prayers in vanity. Words just being spewed out. 
But Romans 12, 1 and 2 says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Amen? Do not be conformed to this world, but be by transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. We have to be right before Jesus when we go into prayer. Don't hesitate to ask for forgiveness as you move through life. You need to ask for forgiveness of sin on a regular basis. If you want to make sure that you're having fellowship with the Lord. And that probably pretty much means every day. Amen? It's not about your pride. Amen? Humble yourself before the Lord. If you want him to hear your prayers, you humble yourself before him. You're not going to approach him and talk about, well, God, here we go. No. Humble yourself before the Lord. Reverence. Respect the foundation of your prayers. You can tell him how you feel, but you still do so with a humble heart. Amen? A humble heart. He is faithful and just to forgive our sins. And he will if you ask. And to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. No matter how long it takes... Make your request known to God. The results of your prayers will be extraordinary. Extraordinary. Pray continually. Pray with specificity. Pray with focus on the one who loves you. Jesus Christ. Father, we pray that you just continue to speak to us about this very subject. You continue to impart with us your wisdom and knowledge on how we are to approach you and how we are to stay with it when it comes to prayer. You tell us in your word to pray continually, pray without ceasing. Lord, may we live in such a manner where we're doing that very thing before you. We thank you, Lord, for showing us as you affirm us with this behavior. That you will show us things we have never seen before in our own faith relationship with you. We want to learn more and more about you. Lord, give us the mindset to stay in your word each day. Pray and meditate on what you're teaching us. Thank you, Lord. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.